Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast, live B2B jam session. Today I'm joined by an amazing guest, a good friend, and a phenomenal, phenomenal leader. Today I am actually joined by Michael Dickerson, who helps organizations create positive workplace experiences using work-life strategies and positive psychology, specializing in the areas of employee development, positive organizations, and performance improvement. You know, early in his professional career, he actually never bought this idea of work-life balance, defined as a distinction between the you, meaning at work, and you in everyday life. Michael truly believes people are not two separate halves, but one whole person at work and in life. And because of this, he's embraced this concept that we call work-life integration, which puts an emphasis on dealing with the whole person at work in their career and essentially in their life. And I'm a big, big, big advocate of this mindset. And we're going to dive deep with Michael on some of his thoughts, his background, and what led him to doing this work. And how can people embrace this mindset in the work environment? So if you're tuning in right now, please show us some love, comment, let us know how you're feeling, what you're doing, if you're staying positive, if you're happy, (laughs) if you're embracing work-life integration, just let us know in the comments and we'll show you some love. And as you do that, I'm going to bring on Michael and he might offer you all some tips, some consulting options. So definitely let's have a chat with Michael. What's up, Michael? Hello, brother. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. Live from Oakland. What about you? It's good. It's good to see you. I enjoyed our conversation last time we talked and I was telling, I've been telling, man, I've been singing your praises. Oh man, thank you, brother. <laughs> I make sure I make sure everybody see you on LinkedIn. So I was like, you gotta go see the guy, Mr. Future Work. Oh so- man, I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that, brother. So, Michael, man, I want you to share a little bit more about you, man. You know, what led you to doing the work that you do uh, in the area of positive workplace experiences, man? Yeah, so I first started off um, as a social worker, and I know you know a little bit of history I told you before. And so um, as a social worker, and I I know you'll like this, I started off working with youth and young adults who was experiencing any type of mental illness or addiction. And I primarily worked at the alternative schools here in Oklahoma City. And um, one of the things I want to do, man, is was to give back. I, Mm -hmm. I thought really important. And I I always thought about um, what are some of the things um, that I would have liked as a young person growing up, Um, especially, particularly, I particularly worked with uh, young men Mm. um, who who were uh, at this alternative school and I would provide a lot of social work. So we work on a lot of life skills, a lot of rehabilitation skills. Um, We will work on, um, you know, trying to help them either get some type of career or get some type of skills so they can be productive citizens. And uh, um, I just really enjoyed that. And so I really enjoyed teaching. So I did a lot of teaching Mm. with life skills. And and then I fell into um, a well-being. And then um, I fell into positive, positive psychology. And what positive psychology is, is they call it the uh, looking at the optimal human functioning. That's a very yeah. word. Uh, it's a very academic word, but I always like to say all positive psychology is is just building on what is right with people. 
And I use that when I start working with youth and young adults. I start using what they call the strength, the strength model. And I really start focusing on it's just not um, the, the, the things that they are not good at, but I want to focus on things that are right with them. Mm. And that really, man, that really um, showed me how important, how important, how important that was. I'll give you, I'll give you a, just a quick little story. I had a, a young man, his name was uh, Jose at the time that I was working with. And Jose came into my office. He comes into my office. And so I'm working with him as a social worker. And I'm working with him and his teacher. He comes in my office. He shows me his report card. He has all F's and one B. Wow. And the B was in art. And he, he was about getting ready to quit school. And I said, hey, man, do, do me a favor. Keep coming to school and going to art class. And let me talk to the rest of your teachers. And let me talk to your art teacher. Went to talk to his art teacher. And the art teacher said he had phenomenal work. Wow. I saw all his work. And me and his art teacher worked together to help him stay in school. And he would come to school just for art. And we worked on all the other classes like math and English and science. And we were able to get those up. But if, man, if it wasn't for that art class and me pointing that out, that he's had something that was right about him, man, he would have never he would have never uh, uh, finished high school and he would have dropped out. And that just stuck out to me like this strength model perspective really works in terms of just looking at people's strengths instead of just looking at what we call the deficit model. So really yeah. build our assets. Yeah. And also you were priming him for what he was great at, mm-hmm. right? Not diminishing him for what he wasn't really passionate about. Right. And you know, I'm a big, I'm a big, big, big advocate of the idea of, you know, within positive psychology, it's also positive priming, you know, within your teams or within your, even your family, your kids, are you positively priming people and, and encouraging them, right? Reinforcing mm-hmm. positive behaviors versus Absolutely. only kind of, uh, what, what's the word? Demeaning, oh, when you're bad, right? And kind of punishing, right? And it, it's yeah. you know, psychological principles that, you know, only people such as yourself really can apply. Yeah, we know, and we know that to be true about kids, right? Yeah. If, if you just look at when they act out in terms of negative behaviors and you reinforce that, you're going to get negative behaviors. But if you reinforce when you see something that is positive, then you're going to continue to get positive behaviors. So these positive affirmations, man, looking at positive uh, things that are right about people, I think it is so important. And I think it's starting to catch on, man. I think people are starting to understand. The reason I like positive psychology is because there's it's evidence-based and there's a science to it. Yeah. I'm just not pulling it from out of the sky. (laughs) Yeah, I can show you research after research after research that shows you that positivity, positivity really works. So that's why I really like positive psychology, because it it wasn't a self-help. It was we know that there's research behind that. Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, what are three practical practical ways that you believe people can develop a positive mindset, especially in today's day and age, man? Yeah. So um, so one of the first things that I'm always going to go to and that I'm passionate about is what we call character strips. Mm. It's character strips is what we we value. And there's an assessment and you can get on the the VIA character dot org and you can look on there and you can do an assessment. And they have 24 characters uh, that that they say we all have. Now, they'll give you your top five. 
And so, so like my number one is a love to learning. So I just love to learn. I eat knowledge up. I love reading books, um, anything in terms of a class. I like eat that up. So one of my values, one of my strengths is love of learning. And so you can go do that assessment. And I always tell people like one of the best things you can do is find out what your character strengths are. Mm -hmm. um, number two, in, in terms of really, um, trying to think about positive psychology and how you can apply that to your life is you're having positive relationships. That's really, really important. Like really evaluating like who is in your life, who is adding value, not taken away. You know, mm. I, think of, I think of it like a bank. Are people making deposits or are they making withdrawals? Mm. And so that's really, really important. So if we look at positive psychology, a part of what they call PERMA and as part of the well-being, they're going to say positive relationships are really important. I don't know if you heard of uh, the relationship expert called Esther Perel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she said the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. That's so true. Yeah, and I think that is so important. So I, I always go back to relationships should be the cornerstone of your of your life. And so I would say number two would be relationships. And then I'm going I'm to I'm always go with purpose and meaning. Mm. Purpose and meaning is, is really important. Um, so purpose is really being intentional about how you live everyday life. And meaning just gives you something bigger than yourself. And so if we can, if we can apply those three things, man, I think it helps out a lot. You know, I really love that because I've been actually reading a lot about microbiology and the analogy between plants and people. Right. The reason why plants thrive so well, you know, in in nature is because they're deeply rooted with each other. So that relationship between a garden and within a garden or between multiple plants allows trees to form and then forests and, and so on. So and I think that same anecdote applies to our real life relationships and our family and our friend groups and our teams. And everybody just, I mean, really think about it. If we want to be real here, everybody's had toxic relationships. Everybody's had people who just wasn't really making a good investment in their life. And so I just, I think with the COVID situation going on right now, this is a good time to, to reevaluate that. Like, and, you know, build on those positive relationships. So I, I totally agree with you, man. That's yeah. it's so important. So, you know, there, I think character strengths, you gave a really great example of where people can go find out more about their character strengths. What are your character strengths, man? I would love for you to share with people yeah. so they can probably learn from you. But before you do that, I want to show love to amazing, 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 the amazing audience and guy community watching. Hey, Pravina, rewarding the right behaviors is so, so important. Something that I'm constantly thinking and talking about. Shout out to Praveena, who's an amazing, amazing, amazing person. Sheila McElroy. Shout out to Sheila. Hey, Sheila. Yes, EP rocks. So she's really feeling you on that, Michael. And all mobile things, so important. Focus on the good first, not just recognizing the bad. Now, I remember my teacher used to always re remember what I did bad and what I did wrong. Yeah. They never recognized what I did good, right? Yeah. How, now, how, how effective was it? How it was not well. You know what? I think I came right. It wasn't effective. It wasn't effective at all. Yeah, yeah, it's not effective. So one of so I already gave you one of my one of my character strengths. So um, my first one is love of learning. Mm. My second one is curiosity. So 
I'm, I'm just curious about everything. I question everything. I'm just very curious. Um, I want to know about every subject. I don't try to become a, a subject matter expert, but I, I want to know a little bit just to be dangerous. Uh, and then uh, creativity is my, my, my third one. And then my fourth one is probably hope. Hope is my, my, my fourth one. And then um, my, my fifth one is uh, leadership. Wow. Hope, leadership, creativity, curiosity, and a love for learning. I love that, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, brother, you know, I think right now everyone realizes that careers are changing, right? We're even seeing right now there's a high unemployment rate. And a lot of companies are actually positioning and pivoting to saying, okay, we're going to go into a remote first world, but we're going to elevate our people into more strategic level you know, virtual roles. For example, Microsoft recently just said, we're closing down all of our, you know, retail locations. We don't need them anymore. They're keeping a few, but what they also did is they said that they're going to actually have the people who are working in their retail locations and they're going to actually position them to more so virtually engage with enterprise customers, right? And onboard them and things of that nature. You know, how do you, how do you think people should approach crafting their jobs or their careers in the current, you know, climate that we're living in? Yeah, this one's this one's tricky, but I must I'm gonna always go back to what the research says. And I was just also talking about this on, on my uh, podcast. But I always go back to purpose and meaning, like really finding uh, some type of purpose and meaning and crafting. If you can craft your job around that. Um, we, we also know that there's there's a lot of research around job crafting. Yep. If you can if you can find some type of uh, purpose with with your job um being intentional about that and then through purpose you begin to find meaning within your organization like i think that's really important so i'm gonna always go back to when you're crafting your job and, and not everybody feels like they can find purpose and meaning but I, I i would disagree i don't care whatever whatever you do you can find you can find purpose and meaning. Even Martin Luther King said, if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, if you can find purpose in, 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 you know, being a maintenance man or you find purpose in being the CEO and you don't really like it, like you, if you can find that purpose, man, you can craft your job around that. So I think that's really important. So I'm going to always go back to what the research says is like finding some purpose and meaning is important. Man, that's so powerful, man. And you know, I, it's I, I think a lot of people mistaken purpose and meaning for a passion. Purpose and meaning is something that's fulfilling that you love the process of it, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it actually compels you to keep going, right? And it's and it's reinforced by intrinsic uh, happiness or an intrinsic motivation, right? You know, is there was there a moment in your life where you realized the work that you're doing was the work you're supposed to be doing? Uh, not always. Yeah. <laughs> I think it it happens. I think I believe stuff unfolds. And so at a time, I just knew I wanted to go this direction. And the more I got into it, the more I start to love it. I start to understand what my skills and talents are, what my strengths were. And then it sort of evolved. And so I don't think it's just a one time thing like, oh, this is this is it. Um, I I believe in the evolution of, of your career. And so. Um, I think it's really important that you find those strengths and those skills and those talents. Um, but it wasn't, it was something I fell into and then I began, began to, to really love it. So I think 
Um, if you just keep pushing through, because sometimes people stop and they quit. But if you keep pushing through, I believe you'll you'll find what you're meant to do. Yeah. So let's show love to Kravina. How do you call out bad behavior that may seem harmless, harmless to everyone else in the room, but not to you if you can see what it could propagate, especially if one of your character strengths is being nice? Let's talk about that. Ooh, yeah. So explain, explain, explain a little bit more. I'm, I'm curious what, what you mean. I, like a, I would like another example. How do you call out bad behavior to seem harmless to everyone else in the room? I think she's speaking to, you know, toxic people in the workplace, the people who are, who more so act like bacteria and viruses. <laughs> Especially if their character strength is, is being, being nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that bad behavior. Um, yeah. Cause it's because sometimes people take your kindness for weakness. Mm. Right? And so um, if that's one of your strips, I think you still should thrive in, in your strips. I think ultimately it comes back to you. Like for me, I think if you feel comfortable continuing in that path, I think that's really important. Like she says, uh, being nice. There's nothing wrong with being nice. There's nothing wrong with being empathetic. There's nothing wrong with being kind, kind to people. Um, I think you just have to be careful about you know, not letting people take advantage of you. But I know a lot of people in, in toxic situations, but they have really empathetic um, uh, personalities and, and and be empathy to a lot of people. But man, that's a, that's a hard one. I would say continue to be nice. That's what I would say. Mm. Mm. Powerful. Continue to be nice, Pravina. No matter what, continue to be nice and avoid avoid the bacteria. I, I think I, I definitely. I, I've worked in work environments where you can definitely tell who is the virus in the room versus the positive and abundant flower, right? Yeah. And the best thing too is having an avoidant approach, but also, you know, that I think that don't you you want to make sure that there's respect there in a, in the professional setting. Have an avoidant approach, but also, as Michael said, continue to be nice. Yeah, and don't and don't and I would tell her don't let that don't get jaded. Yeah. Happen is people get really jaded. And they stop being nice. And then what happens, they go to the other extreme and, you know, they stop being nice and they become this angry, better, bitter person. So I would say don't don't let it don't let it jade you. And if it gets to a point to where it's so toxic, I would say change your environment. Mm. Powerful, powerful. Sheila, shout out to Sheila. I love Sheila. She's pretty amazing. So amazing. Constantly curious, creativity, hope, leadership. He's my brother or son. <laughs> hey, I'll take that, Sheila. <laughs> I, 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 probably got all type, I probably got all types of family members all over the world. <laughs> so I'll take, I'll take you, Sheila. I love that. I love that. That's me culture right there. So let me. So, so I have, a, I have, I have one more question for you, Michael. Uh -huh. You know, there's a lot of organizations they've had to adapt right now. Um, oh right yeah. Now. Oh yeah. How do you? Yeah. And there's this, you know, this this era of the growth mindset, which I love, you know, within Guide, we're reinforcing this mindset of abundance mindset um, and, and kind of always be learning mindset. You know, how do you recommend that organizations start reinforcing a growth mindset within their culture using some of the principles of positive psychology? Yeah. So here's here's the thing. I think and I was just talking about this. I think too many organizations, and, and they have rightfully to feel this, 
are playing too much defense. And we need to be, you need to be playing offense. I think it's okay to, you know, to wallow in what's going on right now. But I think it's important right now to have a growth mindset, to be looking at where the opportunities are right now and saying, and, and then communicating that to your employees mm. to give them some hope that we're going to come out of this. That's a, that's a growth, that's a growth mindset. That's looking into, trying to, trying to look into the future and then I, I also think a, a part of growth mindset, and, and me and you probably probably know this, is experimenting. Mm. Like the time where you experiment and it gives you some hope because you start to find out what's working and what's not working. And so I think that gives you the, the growth mindset. Like you, you, you need to try to use your crystal ball and say, hey, what can we implement um, short term and what can we implement long term? and try to um, make those things happen. And, and hopefully uh, you've communicated that to your employees and to your organization, and we can uh, create some growth mindset and some, some hope around that. You know, I love that so much. That's so powerful, Michael. And it's so true because people, people fail to realize growth mindset is, is something that you have to embody every single day. It's a, it's also, it also kind of aligns with what we like to consider as a day one mindset It's day one. What am I going to learn? I don't know everything. <laughs> right. Now, what am I going to learn next? Right. And, and fostering that in your work environment will, will actually also allow you to create fulfillment in the work that you do. Mm-hmm. What do you think about, what do you think about, some of the things that's going on that is moving to a lot of virtual teams. I'm curious about your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what, Michael? I, I think I think it's really hard to build trust virtually. And that's why you need really good leadership and you need to have you need to have a culture that actually where it's not a matter of being visible, it's a matter of being trusted. It's a matter of autonomy, right? You you know do they're gonna they're gonna do their job they're gonna do their craft they're gonna love what they're doing because you're allowing themselves to put them their best self into their work and mm-hmm. you have leaders that can align them so i think in the virtual workplace setting a lot of organizations are gonna have to really think about leadership remote leadership what does that look like is there yeah. a framework for it within your organization how who how are you role modeling it too i think that's yeah. that and that's gonna lead to the growth mindset yeah i, I think just to add on just to add on before you before you move on I think that the future should be a hybrid workplace. Mm. It has to be virtual. And I think it also has to be an office setting. Because uh, for me, just my background in positive psychology and looking at the research, here's what I know. We are extremely social beings. And I, we know with the virtual, we know product, productivity has increased and we know that's very effective. But at the at our core, if we look at our core, we are very we're we're social beings. I think that's important. So I think yeah. I think we need a hybrid. Yeah, I love that, man. Bruce Pulver, my boy Bruce. Shout out to Bruce. He definitely he's been he actually helped me. Bruce has been helping me with my book that I'm actually writing. Oh, Bruce, congratulations, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can you tell you're trying to keep it on the low right now? I'm trying to keep it on the low. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce is a phenomenal guy. Make sure you check out Bruce and follow his work and his book. It's pretty amazing. Bruce says, always be a beginner at something. Yup. Yup. The beginner's mindset. I love that. I love that, Bruce. That's actually a part of our culture. I got too. I'm a big believer in that. Angelica. What's up, Angelica? 
Angelica says, yes, I love that concept of growth mindset, proactive approach versus a reactive approach to the needs of the organization and its internal stakeholders. Yep, 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 yep. What do you, how do you feel about that, Michael? You feeling it? Yeah, I'm feeling that, feeling that growth mindset. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, that growth mindset is, is, is powerful. Yeah. You know, instead of having a fixed mindset. Fixed mindset. 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 That's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, sometimes I like to call it an abundance mindset. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Agreed. So Angelica is saying, yes, I love that concept of growth mindset. Oh, OK. No, I already read that. Bruce is saying, yes, we can versus can we. You know, Pravina is saying, brilliant, continue to be kind, even if it's incorrectly perceived as a weakness. Avoid the bacteria until you are organically developing a strategy to influence the environment positively. Here, yeah, here. I, might, I might have to steal your bacteria one on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good analogy, right? It's a good analogy, man. It's a analogy, man. I, I've just been doing a lot of work around microbiology lately because really literally theoretically and fundamentally we're all just living moving you know growing cells um that propagate that build relations with each other and what what i've noticed is that if you look at molecular biology the bacteria is what causes decay and if you look at the work setting it's often that people are acting like the bacteria that causes the cultural decay so it's amen, a great brother. Topic, brother. yeah amen <laughs> so shout out to aziz Thank you for tuning in, brother. What advice do you have for people now as regards to balancing work and life, working remotely during this dire period? What, what are you yeah, thoughts? Yeah, so that's uh, so I'm so as you said earlier, I'm really big into um, work life integration, and I think um, right now you just have to have good boundaries, man. Yeah, and, uh, boundaries are so so important. Um, the, the reason I, I got away from work-life balance and went to work-life integration, because I would ask people how much balance they have, and nobody could tell me that they had good balance. <laughs> and, that, and they was like, what does that look like? And so when I started doing the research on work-life integration and really researching, um, you know, get into the work-life research, work-life integration worked so much better for me and just looking at the whole person but I would tell somebody right now, every everybody's going through this situation. Every, a lot of people's working from home. I would say have good good boundaries. Like um, if if you're working and you work from nine to three, like cut it off. If you got if you got to you know spend time with your kid, say from six to eight, man, I'm family time. Like if you're going to if you, you know for me, working out is really important. Exercise is really critical. When I go to exercise from seven from seven to eight thirty in the morning, like I don't take no texts, no phone calls, no anything. That's a boundary for me. So I think right now uh, boundaries are really really important. Man, they're mission critical. Man, I love that. I love that. Develop strong boundaries, Aziz and community. Michael, it's truly been a pleasure, man. It's truly been a pleasure and a blessing having you on our guy podcast and having you speak Absolutely. to our guy community. Where can our where can our people follow you? And when, when is your book coming out? Because you definitely have to write a book. Oh yeah, I'm 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 keeping it a low too. And so, <laughs> um, so I'm right now. I'm doing a lot of podcasting. I'm doing a lot of uh, webinars, um, things like that. But people can reach me on my website www.dickersoncg. Um, dot com and then um, I, I'm like you. I'm trying to be like you on LinkedIn. 
that's 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 where I play play right now. I don't play on any social media, but I play on LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn. Nah, LinkedIn is awesome. Man. I love LinkedIn. Yeah, it is. It's 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 the it's the one social media that I'm like, okay, this is for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually yeah. value added. It's absolutely. It's, it's not. So yeah, so you can definitely reach me out on LinkedIn, and then of course I have I have my podcast, which is about work life integration and positive psychology, called the Spillover Fake Podcast. So you can definitely reach out. Love it, love it, Bruce Aziz. Everyone is tuning in, Michael. Thank you, my brother. We got to have you on a future episode. What do you think, man? Absolutely, yeah, I, I love it, man. Anytime. Thank you, my brother. Be well, man. Talk soon. Bye. 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 Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guy podcast. I hope you all are doing well. I am doing well. It's a lovely, beautiful morning in Oakland, California. In Oakland, California. Please make sure that you're taking care of yourself. As Michael says, be mindful of developing those character strengths that will lead to your success. Ensure that you're avoiding the bad bacteria in the room. <laughs> and you are changing your environment to fit what you want your circumstance to be. You know, we are big, big believers within God. And me personally, I'm a big believer is that everyone can design and craft the type of environment that they want. But it's all about intentionality and understanding what do you want to envision in terms of your environment. So with that said, please, if you have anyone in mind that we should have for a future guide live podcast episode slash b2b jam session let us know let us know and we'll definitely have the person on our platform and we'll have a great conversation with them so please reach out at utfow.com if you have anyone in mind for a future unleashing the future of work live podcast with that said aziz bruce angelica and all of our amazing people within the god community who have watched today's live episode we appreciate you and more importantly, we hope that you're being great and we wish you peace, love and abundance. Talk soon. <laughs>